Oh, well, thank you so much, everybody. It's great to be here. I'm very honoured to be continuing this series, following on from the wonderful Christine. Um, yeah, so um, thinking about this and God at work, I wondered, actually, for me, what does hamper us um, at work? And using Pete's definition of work which is an action or activity to achieve a goal. So when I talk about work, I'm basically talking about anything you do that's not leisure, if that's paid work or volunteering or caring. Um, I know something that I continually struggle with, and I don't think I'm alone, um, and it stops me from flourishing, is self-doubt. And um, I thought I could speak about that, because doubting your abilities feeling like a fraud at work, thinking you're not good enough. I know for me, it holds me back. And um, it's been something that I have fought and won and then fought again and won many times. So I wanted to talk about the imposter syndrome. Because a definition um, that I love from Iranius, who's a I say he's an old bloke, but actually he's a dead bloke. But um, <laughs> um, Arrhenius, he was a, a bishop uh, back in 130 AD. He said, the glory of God is a human fully alive. And that is actually St. Mary Redcliffe's um, little thingy. Um, so if we look at what is the imposter syndrome... So that is the definition from Wikipedia, so it must be right. Um, You might have imposter syndrome if you find yourself consistently experience self-doubt, even in areas where you typically excel. Imposter syndrome may feel like restlessness and nervousness, and it may manifest as negative self-talk. Symptoms of anxiety and depression often accompany imposter syndrome. It's not very nice, is it? So, again, research from Wikipedia, so again, it must be right, says that 70% of people say that they have experienced these symptoms in their work life. And when I did a very serious research project and asked my home group, Once we actually understood what the question was, we realised 100% of us said that we had experienced self-doubt, feeling that we weren't worth what we were doing, we couldn't do what we were doing, we were out of our comfort zone. And I was very fortunate last night to go and see Cher the musical. Um, If I could... Anyway, I won't go down that. Um, And... Cher the musical, which again must be exactly true, said that Cher, even after she'd won an Oscar, really doubted herself. Get a grip. And then, also on the list of people who've said they've um, felt the imposter syndrome, you won't believe this, Tom Hanks. Exactly. So, um, basically... It is when we have got a distorted view of ourselves, and I don't mean in the positive. So if you think you're absolutely brilliant, that you can do things better than anybody else, do not listen to this talk. Google a talk on humility, because I'm not talking to you. But I don't think, actually, although there's a lot about being um, humble in the Bible, there is also a lot about do not fear. And so I know for me, if I find myself doubting, oh, it's not nice, because instead of being on the front foot, I'm on the back foot. I'm defensive. I'm thinking, oh, I might not say anything here because I might say something wrong. 
Uh, also, you can waste a lot of time self-checking. Was that all right? Should I do this? It can be such an awful thing. And I know recently um, when I joined Westminster Theological Centre, um, after a long career in industry, here I am suddenly working for an academic institute and my boss has got like a PhD from Cambridge and loads of other things. Her boss has got four degrees. I have got a degree some many, many, many years ago. But I tell you what, I suddenly thought, oh no, I'm not really worth working here. Why am I working here? And then I thought, hang on, I know what's happening here. I am being put on the back foot. And I suddenly realized, I can't do God's work if I'm feeling like this. So I battered it off, my lack of degrees. And interestingly, the following week, another colleague joined and he said to me, do you know what? I've got massive imposter syndrome. So I had a firm word with him because I thought, I know what's happening with you as well. So anyway, let's see what the Bible has to say, not necessarily about imposter syndrome, but I find this story a little great analogy. So here we go. Right, so this is um, Jesus walking on water. So it's taken from Matthew 15, 25 to 32. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. I mean, this is a great story, isn't it? Um, And I also think, we tend to think of Peter as a bit of a failure here, don't we? But he walked on water, as did Jesus. Um, so if you look a little bit at the detail of this passage, um, it says early in dawn, some versions say the fourth watch, which was 3 a.m. We're not at our best at that time, are we? <laughs> I'm certainly not. And then Jesus does this almighty miracle. We're kind of familiar with this story, but walking on water... It's pretty impressive. And it's showing us that there is nothing created which is not under Christ's control. And that is pretty encouraging. But not only that, but Peter, a human, was able to do the same. And actually, he was able to do something that he thought was impossible and we think is impossible. And he actually did it. But then fear did come And it took away his memory. It took away his confidence. He forgot in that moment due to fear of all the things that he had seen go before him. And um, next, what happened was that Jesus did not let Peter sink. I was thinking about this because he could have actually let him go right down. But presumably, I don't know about you imagining him. I'm thinking he just got his feet a bit wet. (laughs) Because Jesus reached out his hand. He didn't say... Jesus scooped down, dived in, and pulled him back up. So Peter did not sink. 
And so Peter was not a failure because he walked on water. And I do wonder, what were the others in the boat thinking at that time? Um, Why did they not get out and have a go as well? Because to be honest, if you look back at that and thought, I could have had a chance at walking on water, I would be kicking myself for not doing it. And I do wonder if maybe they had a bit of imposter syndrome. It's, it's a, it's a thought. Oh, I've totally lost. Oh, I know, I've got a double bit. I haven't got a mess here. Don't panic everybody. Three, four, great. So, what is it that might be preventing us from flourishing at work? Might, what might be stopping us from walking on water? So, I think you'll probably all recognize some of these. Fear, I might mess this up. I mean, you might. I, I certainly have, but you might. That is a thing, isn't it? Um, external circumstances. Um, I like the fact that we do sometimes think, well, I could have done that, and maybe if it wasn't three o'clock, I would have got out of the boat, but I was really quite tired. And maybe if it had been a bit lighter, I would have done that. Or when I've been here a bit longer at this work, or when I know these people a bit more, or da-di-da-di-da. It's making excuses, I think, that one, but there you go. But we all do it. Um, Comparison. So I think Tim Dobson mentioned this this morning, and this is a baddie, isn't it? thinking, well, everybody else would be all right doing this. Sally's all right. She's super confident. She won't ever get scared at work. But that's not right. As Tim Dobson said, you know, you have your gifts and your gifts don't change other people's gifts. You know, comparing yourself with other people is not helpful. And then um, past hurts. Maybe you've had bad experiences or you feel you've been labelled and you're still carrying that. And that is hard. I totally accept that. But also, you might just have a lack of faith. And I thought it was interesting that Peter had faith, didn't he? He did, I mean, what is an unbelievable thing? He got out of a boat. He must have known it was deep there. He got out of that boat, but he saw the storm. And actually, he forgot that it was Jesus that had commanded him. And I think sometimes, I know myself, I'm very guilty of this, I get too focused on myself, and I have a lack of faith. So, what can we do about this? Because I think we can. (laughs) So, I think for me, I just look at the truth. When I'm feeling like this, I look at the truth. I remind myself of God's character. And um, somebody I worked with last year said to me that nothing is a coincidence with God. I found that so challenging. So nothing um, where you are is not a coincidence. I think God can use you where you are. And I think we need to remember that, that we are there for a reason. I guess those disciples were out on the boat. Jesus had told them to go there. That was a reason for that. So I think sometimes, actually, look, why am I in this situation? Why am I at this church? Why am I in this neighborhood? It's not a coincidence. I think um, I've hardly met anyone that's had a real big calling. Have you, where they've had a voice sort of thing saying go and run the country, for example. I don't think that actually happens to most of us. I think most of us end up in different places, and I think we need to know (laughs) that it's not a coincidence. So we need to kind of take that seriously, I think. We're we're there for a reason. And we know that God wants to use us, 
And we should seek him in the situation, even if it's stormy. Second, we are loved and accepted. And I mean, the songs, we're a child of God. We are loved and accepted. I think when we're doubting ourselves, it is helpful to think about how God sees us and not necessarily how our critics see us. Because often it's more, um, it, that runs bigger in your mind, doesn't it? If somebody criticizes you, that runs bigger in um, your mind than what the almighty creator of the universe thinks about you. And that's not right, is it? And sometimes, you know, our own distorted view of ourselves presents us from, prevents us from accepting what God thinks about us. Um, so, I know I've had periods at work where I felt right dialed down in the dundrums or whatever the D word is there. And um, I, I remember just asking my home group, saying, I feel really discouraged at work. I don't know what I'm doing. And we just prayed for encouragement. And the very next day, somebody senior came up to me and just gave me a massive encouragement. That's not a coincidence, is it? So get it out. Tell people if you're feeling like that. Pray about it. Ask either for God to reveal to you how he sees you or just ask for a bit of encouragement. Ask for kindness. And I'm sure you've experienced it, but so many times people come up to you when you're at a low ebb, don't they, with a bit of kindness. So um, the next thing is about, what I want to say about Tim, saying that God has given us our own gifts And I like this phrase, we're not really expected to lead somebody else's life. And I think that's quite helpful, because he could say, if only I had that, I could do that. If only I had their gifts, or if only I was like them. But actually, God won't be saying, hang on, hang on, how did you lead your neighbor's life? It will be about what you did. And I think we have to take that seriously. And I think in this case as well, if stats are anything to go by, if you declare that you're struggling, 70% of people will understand what you're talking about and say, me too, or 100% if it's my home group. Um. <laughs> totally seamless, that. Right. I love the fact that um, Jesus did not let Peter sink. And I'm thinking he could have, couldn't he? That would have been quite impactful. Um, he was beginning to sink. Um, but I do think, and I tell myself this, um, this has been very good for me, this talk. <laughs> we have to trust God. We really do. And I, sometimes I think we just trust with the small things and then we accumulate the small things and then we can move to the big things. I know in my work life, in my home life, particularly in my work life, I've prayed about things that I've almost thought, I don't know how God is going to sort this out. I've got so much to do this week that is so difficult. And I've prayed about it and I've trusted God and I've done it. I was really encouraged to hear those stories from prayer week as well. So I think, you know, we should encourage each other about what God has done. Um, and that God will not let us sink. Build up a list of encouragements, and I think that's just something that can help us to keep our eye on Jesus and not ourselves. So just to finish, I read about 15 years ago, I read this book, If You Want to Walk on Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat. Has anyone else read that book? It's a goodie and an oldie. 
But it's, if you want, it's nice, easy read, actually. If you wanted to borrow that, you're welcome to it. And I think that is so helpful. If you actually want to serve God, you've got to get out of the boat. Um, we're not alone because we have the power and the presence of God, which is how Peter walked on water. So I do think, as I said, if you would had missed that opportunity, you would have been annoyed, wouldn't you? Imagine telling your children, I walked on water last week when I was out. Um, and I think that God wants to show show you how he can use the gifts he's given you. I think, you know, he has things for you. Um, so if you're a bit stuck, I think lay it before God. And also, I've got a really brilliant story about one of my students in Bristol um, that just really super encourages me about if you step out of the boat, this is what can happen. So um, at our college, we're really keen on helping people who've missed education for whatever reason, and particularly maybe if they've um, got a criminal or addiction background. And one of my students had both. He was both an addict and had been in prison several times. Um, he became a Christian, and his vicar contacted me to ask him, ask me if I thought he could study with us. And he had no, no schooling to mention, so we checked that he'd be all right because we would hate for him to fail. But he came and studied with us, and I asked him how it was going, and I was blown away by his answer because he said, "When I sit, he's doing a degree. He said, when I sit in the lectures and I look around the room, I think I shouldn't be here." I'm not good enough for this. Look at my past. And then he says, but I think I am here. And I'm absolutely loving it. And he is then going and telling everybody about how he's getting on. And I just think, man, that was a big boat he had to get out of, wasn't it, to study. And turns out he is super brainy. He is a natural theologian. Isn't that glorious? God had given him that gift and that opportunity. So just a little story to encourage myself and all of us to get out of the boat. So I'd just like to finish with a quote from Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good works. Amen.